Welcome back to another episode of the Upper Room Family Podcast. This is going to be a good one, and we're going to start off in the book of John today, right away, getting into scripture. John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, That's going to be a verse that I will reference several times. I am joined in the Upper Room with Micah, Kim, and Zion um, today, where we're going to discuss the topic of pushing back darkness. Uh, what is, you know, how should we or how can we as Christians um, push back against a culture of darkness, push back against um, the evil that uh, seeks uh, to seek and destroy those who it can? And, um, you know, that's kind of a become an extended family verse uh, that's come up in a lot of ways. I may share that story a little bit, but. I love where that verse starts. It's it's right in the first uh, few verses of John, and it's talking about how Jesus is the light, and the light shines in the darkness. And some translations say the darkness could not comprehend it. And I, I really like that because darkness can't comprehend light. And well, I don't want to get too far into it. So <laughs> welcome back, guys. Um I hope you're ready for a good conversation here on light and darkness. Um, I know it was the topic of pushing back the darkness, but I immediately thought, what is darkness? And my brain just went, what's the opposite of darkness? Light. And so I, I, I ended up probably studying light a little bit more than I did darkness. But mm. um, what about you, Cam? Where you, you, you're like, hmm, what hit you there? just light and darkness or pushing back the darkness. Um, you know, where do you want to start today? Start us off. Yeah. It's uh, interesting that we are uh, doing this podcast in June. Pride month. It's, I just feel like in the past month, it's been just super apparent and probably before that, just the current world that we live in, it just feels at least in the Americas that, it's growing increasingly darker and there's just more and more areas of the marketplace. It just seems to be very um, widespread and it's eerily outlined biblically on how nations will be turned over to their, like the desires that they have and God will give them over. And then just to see that firsthand with just the incredible, like incredibly all inclusive acceptance of anti-God like worldviews, anti-God practices, anti-life practices, like like quintessentially at the very core, it's like this is against life. Like this is promoting death and just like this is actually not just, just thinking through like Pride Month and just all that entails. It's just against God's design. That and then just, yeah, it's we're, very, we're called to be like salt, be light on earth. And it can be hard in a culture that is so foreign, like be to be something that stands out. Like if you're the only clean thing in a midst of dirty things, it's very, very easy to get dirty. And the only way to consistently stay clean for a long period of time is to either like, like continually transform your mind one. So continue to clean yourself from the filth of like the world and surround yourself with other people that are also doing the same. Like they're also clean and, it's just been on my heart lately quite a bit. Like, what does that look like? Like, how? what's the long term? I guess, guys, if you can talk on this, I'm like, what's a long term strategy to remaining? Like, how do you continually conform to the image of Christ? Like, how do you continually mortify your flesh? It's just the, it's just so 
all inclusive to all of life and it can feel like overwhelming at times but there's a lot of victory to be had there mm-hmm. i think two things that pop into my head is um uh i'm going to tie it with pushing back darkness is in ephesians 6 it tells us about the armor of god and at the end uh of putting on all this armor verse 18 with all prayer and petition pray at all times and in the spirit so so pray uh, prayer has to be one of the ingredients and, and it's not a formula or we're not going to a slot machine and pulling the lever and hoping for something good. Right. We're connecting with God. So to, to keep from, I like how you said, like when we're around dirty so often, how do we keep ourselves from being polluted? How do we be the salt and light rather than being conformed? Like we need to be connected with God very, very closely. So that prayer, that continual talk with him and hearing from him through his word, I think it's super, super important. The second thing that does both, that keeps us from becoming polluted and it pushes back darkness, is is grow and make churches. Grow and make churches. I, I think that is just absolutely huge. I think, I think besides prayer, that is the way to push back the darkness, is to grow the church you're, you're in and plant new churches. Like grow the kingdom of God because the gates of hell will not stand against it. And so... Uh, have a big family, raise your family in the Lord, uh, have have modeled what it means to be a, a Christian and have discipleship modeled with your with your kids so they can go and model it. And, and you can do that with other people as well. I think that's that's how you keep yourself free from it, because you're in the trenches. You're not I think it's far easier to to get uh, taken out of the battle when you're sitting on the sidelines pretending that there is no battle. But if you're right. in the battle, if you're fighting the fight and like I'm raising up the next generation and, and we're, you know, shoulder to shoulder, we are on this table, shoulder to shoulder, <clears throat> pressing forward in, a, in our community, our community here and other communities, that, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, John 3, uh, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he talks about how like whoever does what is right comes into the light so that it may be clean seared seen clearly that what he has done has been done in God, but whoever does what is evil does not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. So off of what Mr. Russell was saying, in order for you to grow churches, in order for you to have impact for the kingdom of God, you have to be the real deal. You have to be coming into the light. You have to be accountable to other men in your life. You have to be pursuing God so that you can transfer that to other people. And so... And Jesus, like the scripture also says that, like, you are the light of the world. A city on a hell cannot be hidden. So if you are living faithfully and coming into the light and you are the light of Christ, like it's not the devil cannot force that out. He can't snuff that out. And if you think about it, like just darkness and light as things like darkness can never push back light. It's always light that pushes back darkness. Mm-hmm. Like light comes into a room and it's not like the darkness. You can have darkness act upon light. Darkness is always receding, just like the devil is receding and can't stand up against the church. And so that's like what we are as a community of believers and how to keep that, how to keep poignant, how to keep committed to the Lord is like in Psalms 119. He says, like, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? And then the second thing is like coming to the light. So that's what I would say. Hmm. I have a lot to say to that, Cam. Um, you know, I think a couple things. One, another another 
idea around that Zion is, you know, light is really just the absence or darkness is the absence of light, right? Let us say it again so you don't confuse that. Darkness being the absence of light and, you know, light can only push back darkness. I also think that we're at a inflection point in culture where the church has lost some of its saltiness, I think. And it's, it's no longer, many churches are no longer good for, you know, preservation or, you know, even for the manure pile, as scripture says, right? Like if, if you've lost your, if salt has lost its saltiness, you know, what, what good is it for? Um, and I think the challenge becomes like, as, as Zion said, light is powerful. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Um, you know, Isaiah, you know, says, um, what does he say? I will make you a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. And, you know, I think in culture, we have to be the leaven in the loaf. We have to be um, the salt. We have to be a light and we can't allow culture to put, to snuff out that light. And we, we do that by seeking God's truth and portraying God's truth, because it's not me, David, as the person making the change. It's got to be supernatural. It's got to be God's strength, not mine. And so that's where I think Micah's getting at is like prayer, 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 because we can do everything we can do, but it's, it's really God through us. So, you know, being in tune with the spirit to allow him to show us those opportunities to be light, to be salt, to do it in a way that honors God and, you know, will you know, spread that light and let it grow from a little candle flicker to, you know, a megawatt beam, you know, that that's going to shine out. Um, and, and Jesus is the light, right? So if we are image bearers of Christ, we are going to be light. We're going to be a renewed uh, creation. And the church has to, number one, step into that. I think we can't allow culture to influence the church. The church needs to influence the culture. And, you know, one of the ways that we're going to do that is by staying steadfast to scripture. And I think at the right time, I believe there's going to be, there's such a longing for truth and light amidst this, this darkness that I believe the church needs to be preparing now for an influx of these broken people. They're going to bring a lot of brokenness into their salvation quest or, or not quest into their, their spiritual quest. And I believe that should result in, in hopefully, you know, Lord willing their salvation, the, the changing of their heart. And, you know, the church needs to be ready to receive those people who maybe are involved deeply in, you know, pride and, and celebrating that lifestyle. Um, you know, how's the church going to respond to that when they do come back in, you know, are we going to condemn them for their brokenness? Or are we going to, say, yes, and you are now light, and this is how you, you reflect back, right? This is how you, um, you know, live your new spiritual walk and, and, and discipling them, which would hopefully, as you said, Micah, create and strengthen the church and then break off and create more churches so that there's beacon to beacon to beacon all across, you know, the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made any sense to you all, but that's where my heart is at. Like one thing we were talking about yesterday, David, uh, that the church needs to stand on truth and live not by lies in every aspect, every, we, we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, sh- should the church be bringing up politics, cultural things going on? And I think we both agreed absolutely where, where approaches got what God has said. So like what was introduced at the beginning of this podcast that, you know, it is pride month. 
that is something that we should be talking about from the pulpits or in, in our churches or with each other. It's like, no, this sexuality is a gift from God, and it's it's his idea. And we cannot say, well, God, you have some good ideas, but we have better ones. And we're going to show you what sexuality could be, God. We're going to you know, take the rainbow, your sign of promise that you won't judge us, and we're going to use that as our symbol that we came up with better ways or whatever. And it, it is pride. It is arrogance to think that you could come up with something better sexually or in any capacity than God has for us. So to say that, to say, hey, yeah, this, this, that's darkness. These are people who have left God in this way. No, we don't hate these people. We don't want to bond them, hurt them, kill them. We want them to be redeemed. We want them to, to know God. But we will say it how it is as far as their sin, as far as how they're rejecting God. That is evil. That is wrong. That is darkness. Um, and and be willing to stand there and, and not well it's at work so I I can't really say those things because you know you know my boss might not like that or I could lose my job or whatever like no it's if it's true it's true and you don't have to be a, a jerk or an idiot about it but you can you can and we must stand for a truth because that's what uh, fighting darkness is yeah like what is truth truth is the word of the, the word of God mm-hmm. and it's like the ultimate source of like all truth. And so, like, in this question, that's the only way, like, a Christian can stay grounded is to be in the Word because it will divide, like, your, the intentions of your heart. It will allow you to see, like, God for who He is, the world for who He is. Because the problem is when you exist in so much gray, like, you cannot. That's, like, that's what Dr. Dave is talking about. Like, once people exist so long in a world where there's no rules, like, the, what that does to the human heart is, like, devastating because there's, like, no like nothing good it's just like chasing after nothing and so they like crave something that's like solid and that's going to be the gospel and that's going to be the word of god but also as a christian to know what is true you have to like stay in the word and stay in step with the spirit and it's just interesting that pentecost like speaking of light like the spirit ascended as tongues of fire and like what does fire produce is light and just to see that mental picture of like this is the kind of us in the world in this midst of darkness and yeah, it's just, I think I've mentioned this before, but my favorite movie is The Lord of the Rings. And it's like, that's like the best portrayal I've ever seen of light and darkness. And the reality is the darkness cannot overcome the light. Like it like, seems so dark because why is it so dark? Because there's not any light. And it's not like, like we were saying before, it's not that dark. It's not like the darkness is overpowering the light. It's like the light has like ceased to exist. Like humans are failing like the world of flesh and the devil. And so lights are going out. And then it's like when the light comes in, just it's like, boom, and like all the darkness just flees and you see that happen. And it's just like they hope you see in like just the word of God from that is like something you can totally live your life out of. Yeah. When you think through history and when dark, like when darkness is pushed back and you, I think of Jesus' time when he comes and it's just the light is exploding and the darkness is continuing to get pushed back. And one of the things Jesus keys in on is he keys on in on people's faith. He's like, your faith has healed you. Like, I have not seen such faith even among the Jews. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that happens when people get quiet about the light, when they stop shining their light, when they start to be silent and silencing themselves, I think it's because they lose confidence in who God is and they lose confidence in who Jesus Christ is. They lose that faith. And I think one just to call out to Christians is like, we can be fully confident in Jesus Christ. And when someone says like, no, your truth is garbage. Like this is the new thing. It's like, no, I can stand solidly on what is true. And the only way we're going to be able to do that and be relevant in our culture 
is to be in the word, is to know the word, is to understand the word and be like, your word is truth. I understand this is what scripture clearly says. And then we stand on that. And if we don't do that, then it's going to be like Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah, where he he's like almost gone all the way as his neighbors. And he's like still righteous, but he's just clinging to the vestiges of it. And that's the culture we're in. And unless we are in God's word and we have that anchor, we're going to just be clinging to the vestiges of uh, Christianity gone by instead of actually living like in the power of Jesus. Christ. Yeah. And just to say like relevant as in relevant, because we have the, like we, like there's the gospel relevant because it's the solution, not relevant as we can fit in. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I normally wouldn't say fit in in is the goal, but yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you're not saying relevant by like, we could be relevant with our, with the world Mm -hmm. we could be like, yeah. Yeah. Avenue for change. There's so many passages too about light guiding believers or guiding the Israelites, right? Like as a pillar of fire by night, right? That guided them in the wilderness and, um, you know, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, Romans came to mind as you guys were talking just about this. And, you know, pride is, is, is maybe, you know, what's currently on the news and in all our, you know, marketing to us and all of that right now. But it's it's one sin of many that need to be confronted. And, you know, when we talk about darkness, but I thought this summed it up. So Romans, Paul is writing and he says, Um, this is chapter 13. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And, you know, I've never thought of light as armor in that way like he says put on the armor of light you know anytime i think of armor i always think of like put on the full armor of god verse but you know what what is the armor of god when you start looking through those things you're like yeah like that's that's all the things that jesus was and so if i'm putting on the armor of light and jesus is the light of the world and i'm putting on his armor his his message then i'm going to cast aside all of these other areas i'm not going to gratify the flesh um, or its desires. There's no provision for that any longer because that darkness cannot stand in this armor of light. Yeah, and uh, Dave mentioned that pride is like one of the current things that we're seeing and working through as believers. And I love reading the reformers. And it's when we realize that when we're pushing back the darkness, we're in a battle. Like the reformers, what happened was a lot of the church was like, and the government was like, you can preach on everything except for this one thing you can't teach about. And they're like, oh, we can teach the whole Bible except this one thing we just have to ignore and not teach. And a lot of pastors stood and were like, no, we are going to teach this thing. And one of the things a few of them said was like, if you are faithful in every front of the battle except where the enemy is attacking, then you're not faithful. And so if the enemy's like attacking at the bridge and you're faithful in all these other areas, but you're not guarding the bridge, then you still lost. And so one thing that people in conversation will say is like, you're only focused on pride month and you're not focused on any of the other things that like Christians should be focused on. And sometimes that's a valid critique and we should be focused on other things and we should be faithful in those areas hundred percent. But we also need to be able to defend where the devil is currently attacking. 
I don't know why this is on my mind, but it is. So um, where do you think like waiting on the Lord and contentment f- falls with, because we are, we are called to be content. We are called to wait on the Lord with the, the very, you know, the, the, you know, pushing back darkness, very active. How does, how do those two ideas fit together? I would say something pithy, but I don't have any, I have anything in my head right now. So that's why I asked the question. I think it's, it's an inner reality. And that inner reality is displayed through in like a manifestation of that in your daily life. So, so, so your inner reality is your content. Like you are trusting in the Lord and you are, you have godliness with contentment, but that means something like that means your life looks like something. So in that fight, it's not like, yes, you desire for that, but you're not like God isn't enough. If I have to fight this battle, it's like what you're, lays behind you is what the shoulder fights for like they're not fighting what's like the main motivation is what they're fighting for Mm -hmm. and so you have that security in who god is but that causes you to enter the battle not like it's not like i just god isn't good enough it's like god is so great and he's so enough that this is a battle worth fighting for like it's like my family's so worth it that i'm not gonna i'm gonna fight this battle no one's asking that guy like oh you're going to go kill yourself. Like you're not, your family's not enough. Like, why don't you just stay home? It's like, no, because my family is enough. I'm fighting this battle. Like, because that's worth it. So because this is everything to me, like this is where my contentment lies. I will get up and fight this battle every day. Like they work hand in hand. Yeah. So, so we're not, we're not fighting darkness out of fear of the darkness or fear of, Oh my goodness. What will happen if if so and so gets their way and then this law is passed and then da 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 happens? It's not out of fear; it's out of a love for the light. And there you go. Yeah. And I also think waiting is not laziness or inertia or nothing. It's waiting is more you're trusting who, where your like sustenance comes from, who's your source. And you're you're not taking everything into your own hands and doing it your own way. Mm-hmm. You're like waiting on the Lord, but like Joshua waiting on the Lord wasn't like he still fought all the battles and killed like he still like led a military conquest. But he also waited on the Lord in the instances where he's like, I'm gonna hear from the Lord and how I'm gonna proceed. So if, obviously, if we do everything on our own strength for pushing back the darkness, we're gonna end the day and we're gonna be exhausted and ineffective. Mm-hmm. But like waiting on the Lord, just being in tune with him, going where he leads you, but it's not being inactive. But it's like, yeah, like, do you believe the truth of the Bible? Because reality is you're fighting on the winning team. Like you're fighting. You already know that this is the victorious side. Like if you believe the truth of God. So then you're like, well, if we're going to win in the end, like, why are we fighting? It's like, because you want to stay on the winning team. Like if you're a general and you're like, well, I know we're going to win. And then you stop being a general then you like you're given over like you you're taken over and so for your family and for your people like you fight because you want to be on the winning like the winning side you're and then the moment you're just like it's not that big of a deal well now you're no longer on that like you're no longer participating in the fight and so if you're going to have generational like family that is in like that is claiming the name of Christ building the kingdom of God you need to stay in the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and what that looks like if you're going to like be participating in the victory you're going to be participating in the victory so you have to live that life versus like oh well they're going to win in the end well the moment you stop fighting is the moment you're just advocating your role and you're like joining the other side essentially 
Yeah, like Jesus said, anyone who is not for me is against me. Yeah. There's no neutral here. Yeah. But we do but we know who's victorious in the end, so I've got a quote from Vody Bachman. Um mm. solid. <laughs> I love Vody. <laughs> um it's interesting. I read something about his early uh, preaching and um, he had he had a, a Paul of sorts, I guess, in his life. You know, somebody who, you know, was a mentor and uh, Vody's a great communicator, has a passionate gift and, and is certainly using that now. But he, he said in his early days, he um, would tell a lot of stories in his messages. And this pastor said uh, to him, he said, Vody, you're a great communicator. You, you, you tell a compelling stories. Your stories are, are fabulous, you know, but you need to get into the word. And, you know, he kind of said that changed his perspective on preaching of like, I'm not up there to tell a great story. I'm there to preach the word. Um, so anyway, it kind of resonated with this quote that he had. He said, I will not violate the teaching of the text to somehow sound more appropriate for the culture. Hmm. Um, so that's a man's man right there. Um, but it reminded me of what we actually talked about today in, in church, uh, during our teaching hour today, we're going through first Timothy and Paul warns Timothy basically about this doctrinal drift that's occurring. And the teacher that we were listening to use that term doctrinal drift. Um, so how does that, do you guys understand that concept? Uh, I think it's fairly self-explanatory of just this drifting away from sound teaching. And that's what Paul urged Timothy to be cautious about. And in fact, it even says he gave them over to Satan, those who were um, teaching a false doctrine, right? And were not uh, coming back to the truth. So he tells Timothy to continue to um, preach the truth. Um, he says, certain persons have swerving, by swerving from these, meaning uh, truth uh, and sound teaching, wandered away into vain discussion, desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. Um, so I think in culture, right, we can't apologize or we shouldn't be apologizing for um, for the text, right? I mean, God's mm -hmm. word, right? I'm not mm -hmm. going to be apologetic to what God says. Um, if you're mad at me, it's because you're mad at, at what the Bible says what God's word says. So you should really be mad at God if this is, <laughs> if what I'm saying offends you or, you know, I'm not just going to, I want to communicate it with truth and love. Um, and, and I want to stress that like we shouldn't be using the Bible to bash it over somebody's head, but if we do, if scripture is offensive, it's, it's because God calls you to something more and he requires more of you and he desires you to to move away from things that ultimately are going to hurt you that's a good word yeah. all right this week we're going to push back some darkness um I, and i think you know mike has some great questions about loving our co-workers loving uh, those that we work with, uh, they're going on a missions trip. And, and part of that is loving when it's, when it's not easy. Is that yes. right? Yeah. Um, so can't wait to hopefully get Micah and maybe my son Russell, uh, on the podcast to talk about their missions trip. Um, but I think loving when it's not easy is, is a hard concept to grasp, but it's important. And I think as we push back darkness, we can't be afraid or, or we can't ignore that we, we need to communicate, 
um, the compassion and love that Christ calls us to, uh, to have for the lost. You know, he says he looked upon them and they were lost without a shepherd and he had compassion. Right. And that's honestly every parade this season or, or this brokenness, the sexual immorality, I used to be overcome with anger about it. Like, I can't believe these people are, are falling into this. And, and now I'm just, my heart just seems to be more and more pushed towards compassion for them because they're just lost. They have no shepherd. They have no one to tell them the truth. Um, they, they, they've given themselves over to the depravity of their mind. And, and that's not, you know, there's so much better for them if they would see that they're made in the image of God and, and God makes no mistakes. Mm. So continue to push back darkness this week um, with love and grace and truth. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.